this is Chris Warfuck and welcome to the Warfuck Anxiety Podcast. Today I am going to give you five strategies to help stop a panic attack. And these aren't kind of long-term, standing your head, be mindful stuff. This is stuff that you can really use in the moment, except for maybe the first one. So we'll talk about that first and then we'll get to some strategies that really you can just punch straight in there. You don't have to do you know, a long delayed workout. But number one, which I think is really important, is cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. And one of the biggest problems I hear with CBT is the idea that you you go to therapy and you learn all these techniques, but actually when it comes in the moment and you're having a panic attack, then you can't start doing all the strategies you've been given and the, the way that you rewire your thoughts, you just can't do that because all you can think about is oh my god I'm going to die and it's really difficult to focus on these thinking exercises right and you're absolutely right that the human mind doesn't have that much cognitive capacity and when you're thinking you're going to die and your fight or flight is just going mad then there's no way that you're going to be able to go through all these thought processes and give them as much attention as they need but that's why CBT has the whole cognitive and the behavioral aspect. So the techniques you learn is the cognitive stuff, but the behavioral stuff is really important as well. And that's essentially practicing it. And so, you know, CBT isn't something you go to for, say, 12 weeks and you learn all these techniques and then you're done. That, that's really the start of the journey because you then need to go out and practice them. And if you think think about it like playing sport, for example, I play American football and there's so much stuff to remember, like you've got to set your feet right and then run correctly and then turn right and get your hands up to catch the ball and then uh, make sure you, you, know, you turn around at the right time and then catch the ball and then keep running and there's so much stuff to do and when you're in the moment and there's a, a live player in an actual game, there's too much to remember there which is why when we practice we break it down into really small drills and we just drill that over and over and over again until it's automatic because then when it comes to game time actually doing the stuff we've practiced doesn't take any thought, it's automatic. Same thing with say the military, the way they get soldiers to strip down a weapon just over and over again until they can do it in their sleep. Because when they're in a war zone, they don't have time to try and remember how to do it. They just need to be able to do it without any thought. Driving, another good example. Like There's just too many things going on with gear changing and clutch and steering and looking around the road. Like you, you, All that stuff needs to be automatic so that you just, you're changing gear without thinking about it. So you can concentrate on what everyone else on the road is doing. And CBT is the same, which is why... A good therapist will get you out there doing exposure therapy and maybe even trying to get you to cause a panic attack in the sessions that's really common and the reason they do that is because they can help you practice the cognitive techniques while you're having a panic attack so the benefit of doing that is that you know you can do it under controlled condition they can help you and if you do it enough then when you go out into the the real world and have your panic attack then hopefully the techniques will be automatic and they don't need any thinking which is where a lot of people get stuck 
So that's that's number one, CBT, but, but more importantly, to do a lot of practice. Let's get on to some more practical stuff. Uh, so number two is to breathe into a paper bag, which is a bit of a cliche, but it really works. And the reason it works is that a panic attack often feels like we're not getting enough air, and so we, we breathe faster. And the problem is that it's actually it's too much oxygen and a lack of carbon dioxide. And so when we hyperventilate, we're, we're taking too much oxygen into the body. And but we think we're taking not enough, so we breathe faster and faster, and that makes us feel worse. And so it makes us feel more desperate, and it's a vicious cycle where we've got too much oxygen, but we think we haven't got enough, so we keep breathing faster and faster. And this just reduces the amount of carbon dioxide. We actually, as humans, need some carbon dioxide. So the idea of breathing into the bag is that when you breathe out, you breathe out carbon dioxide, but if you breathe it into a bag, then next time you breathe in, you will take some of that carbon dioxide back into your lungs. And that will help restore the balance and make you feel better. And then eventually, that you know, your whole panic will come down uh, as the carbon dioxide levels in your body are restored and you'll feel better. So that's number two, breathe into a paper bag. I, want, I really want to see what else you can do with that because it's quite embarrassing to take out a paper bag in public, right? But it does work. So number three is use flashcards. Now I find two problems when I'm an- really anxious is that one, I don't really believe myself in terms of thinking about the anxiety feedback cycle and the fact that I'm, what I'm experiencing is just regular symptoms that everyone gets. And two it's really hard to remember that stuff so what i have is just a series of little flashcards with things like you know you've you've had a panic attack a hundred times before and never died you're not gonna die this time because there's something really reassuring about being able to read it you can tell yourself in your head that these things are true but actually seeing it written down makes it so much more believable so all these thoughts that you try and tell yourself when you're not having a panic attack but seem to not work when you are having a panic attack, try writing them down. You can write them on your phone or you can actually you know, write them down on some paper, stick them in your purse, whatever works for you. And then just try looking at them and trying to read them when you're having a panic attack. It's, it's really difficult to read when you're having a panic attack, obviously. So keep them really short, really simple, but give that a go and see if it helps you. So that's number three. And number four is to use an app on your mobile phone. So there's a a bunch of ones that do this, but I think the most helpful when you're having a panic attack is the ones that give you a controlled breathing exercise. So you want to find one uh, hopefully specifically designed for panic attacks that will help you give some structure to your breathing and help you take uh, deeper more controlled slower breaths and you don't have to think about it you just open the app set the app going and the app will tell you what to do and you just have to try and follow the instructions on the app and you know then hopefully you're not having to try and work out okay right i need to do this with my breath the app will give you all the instructions audibly and you can just follow that and hopefully that that will make things easy for you so number four get an app for your phone and use that to help your breathing when you're having a panic attack 
Okay, number five, the, the fifth one, is get someone else to help you. And this is, you know, if you're out with a friend or a family member or someone you're comfortable talking about this stuff with, then maybe prep them in advance as to what helps. Because, you know, some things might help for you and they might, might not help for others. And, you know, people want to help you because they love you, right? That's, that's the thing we often forget in these debates. Our friends and family love us and they really want to help us most of the time. And so, but they probably don't know what to do, right? Unless you're experienced with panic attacks, um, you probably don't know what to do. And even then, you know, you don't know what helps you or help someone else. So if you can prep them in advance and say, look, when I'm having a panic attack, um, these are the signs that you'll know to show that I'm having a panic attack. It might be obvious for some people, other people maybe not so much, so it's good to cover the ground and these are the things that really help me uh so you know whether it's whether it's giving you space or whether it's talking to you or whether it's whether it's handing you a paper bag or whatever whatever you find is useful to have someone there to support you then you know tell them that in advance get them prepped and then when the moment happens they'll be able to help you and this is a great way to do graded exposure because if you're really nervous about doing something say you know getting on a train then being able to do it with someone you trust like a friend or a family member getting on the train and they can help you through it and knowing that if you do have a panic attack they're there to support you that can be a really nice step on that graded hierarchy so those are five suggestions to help you when you're having a panic attack. Number one, uh, do a lot of practice with the CBT so that it's automatic, so that you're not having to think about it in a moment, you just do it. Number two, breathe into a paper bag. It's a cliche, but it works. Number three, use flashcards. Have, it, have your, the things you want to tell yourself written down so you can read them off and it just becomes more believable. Number four, use a mobile phone app to help you bring your breathing back down under control and number five get your friends and family in to help you hopefully those are will be some really useful techniques for you let me know how you get on with them and i will speak to you again soon